I'm speaking on the seed factor in financial wellness. The seed factor in financial wellness. There are three things that I would like us to take note as we begin. Number one, financial wellness is possible. Financial wellness is possible. No matter your current financial position, you can prosper financially. I'm talking to you. Can I hear a shout of Emma? Amen. The Bible says in Romans 15 4. Romans 15 4. The things that were written at full time were written for our learning. That we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So testimonies of scripture are a depiction of our possibilities in life. So when the Bible says Abraham was very rich it is a depiction of your own possibilities in the realm of riches. Because God is no respecter of persons. That is, he never shows partiality. Acts 10 and verse 34. The Bible says that God shows no partiality. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second thing I want us to take note of is that financial wellness is by choice. It is a product of choice. No one ever arrives at financial wellness by chance. And no one ever becomes poor by mistake. No. Is it making sense here? Wherever you end up in life, will be a product of a series of choices that you may have made over time. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. God said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You see, life is about choices. 
And I'm saying to you that where you end in life will not be a matter of luck but a matter of choice. So be careful what choices you make in life. For example, after hearing all the things that we are talking about, if you choose to do nothing, you remain a financial dwarf. Yes, you remain a financial struggler. So it matters the kind of choices that you are making. Number three. Financial wellness is by obedience. Financial wellness is a product of obedience. There are things you must do that will lead you to financial wellness. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse number 22. James 1 22. James 1 22. It says be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. It says we must be doers of the word. And in Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 to 14. Deuteronomy 28, verse number 1, look at 14. Deuteronomy 28, verse number 1, look at 14. There are massive promises that God gave the children of Israel. Amen. Amen. For example, in verse number 12, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in his season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Amen. A man who is not borrowing is a man who is financially comfortable. A man who is not borrowing. He is only lending. He must be financially buoyant. And God said, this will be a product of obedience. When you do certain things right, don't be surprised when Things are going right in your life. Obedience. Hallelujah. Amen. So we've talked about possibility. We've talked about choices. We've talked about 
obedience. And one of the laws we must obey if we are to attain financial wellness in life is the law of seed time and harvest. It is captured in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. Genesis chapter 8 verse number 22. While the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. There are several things there that God says will not cease. It doesn't matter what you do. The best you can do is to align accordingly so you can take advantage of the arrangement. There are things that God said will not cease as long as the earth is still here. And one of them is cold and heat. So at any point the, you are either going to feel cold or you are going to feel hot. Yeah. And then he talks about day and night. At any point of the day, it doesn't matter where you are in this world. You are going to encounter night or day. And he says, this will not cease. As long as the earth is still here. And then in the same verse, he talks about seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping will not cease. Sowing and reaping will never end. And financial wellness is a harvest. A harvest coming from certain seeds. And if you don't sow those seeds, don't expect to have the yield of financial wellness. And yesterday we began a discussion on some of these strategic seeds that will lead to financial wellness. Number one, we talked about talents. Talents, abilities, gifts that God has given us, gifts that must be invested in order for us to generate resources. In Proverbs 18, verse 16, for example, it says that a man's gift makes room for him. 
So there is no financial room without the exercise of your God-given gift. So said that everyone should take inventory of what he has. Because the likes of Peter did mighty things in life because the man was conscious of what he had. When he met that cripple at the gate called Beautiful, in Acts chapter 3 verses 1 to 8, Peter said in verse number 6, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have, I give to you. So everyone who wants to do well in life must be aware of what he has. Such as I have, such as I have. So Peter knew what he didn't have and he also knew what he possessed. And whatever it is that you possess, either by birth or by training, must be developed. It must be developed. It must be developed. It should never remain in its raw natural state. It must be developed, it must be sharpened so that it can produce more for you. And once you have developed your gift, you must make use of it. We must maximize the potentials that God has given us. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second seed we began discussing yesterday was giving. Giving. We said that giving is a type of seed. We read, for example, from Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six to eleven. Where the Bible says part of it says, He who sows sparingly, we also reap sparingly. And when Apostle Paul is talking about sowing there. He's really talking about giving. Sowing. There means giving. So giving is a type of seeding. It's a type of seed that must be sown. And we said consistently the believer must engage in several dimensions or call them practices of giving. And each practice of giving comes with its own blessings. And so we began talking about tithing. We read 
from Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 to 12. Where we saw there that the tithe carries several blessings. Number one, exemption from causes. Number two, we said it is a key, a doorway to opportunities. Verse number 10, please. Number three. Number three. We said that the tithe is a gateway to more than enough blessing. There is a blessing called more than enough. It is a gateway to extra. Call it surplus. And then we said that the tithe is a gateway to preservation, preservation of the blessings of God. And then we talked about the attraction of favor in verse number 12. And the second channel of giving is offerings because, I mean, in that Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8, when God is um, accusing the children of Israel of robbing him and they asked him they said how can a man rob God and then he said in tithes and offerings that means the tithes and the offerings are not one and the same so giving is there is in two departments or components there is tithes and then offerings. And it is important for the believer to understand the methods of giving offerings that are available and practice them continually. So let's begin to Look at various types of offerings available for our exercise. Number one is worship offering. You can also call it free will or indeed, like he mentioned, service offering. It is also called love offering. So this is an offering that you give to your lover, in this case, the Almighty God. So it is also called love offering. That's right. Love offering, service offering, worship offering, free will offering. God spoke to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 16. When you read verses 15 and 16, he says there, can we have verse number 16, please? Verse number 16. It says, three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the feast of a living bread, at the feast of weeks, at the feast of tabernacles. Now here it is. And they shall not appear 
before the Lord empty handed. So those who were to appear before the Lord. They were not supposed to do so empty handed. They were supposed to bring something to the Lord as they appeared before him. And so in Psalm 96, verses 8 to 9, Psalm 96, the Bible says, Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering. There is a comma there in my Bible. Bring an offering. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Meaning that, Organizing an offering must happen where before you come into the courts of our God because you are not permitted to appear before him empty-hearted. says, bring an offering and come into his courts. Verse number nine. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So, <laughs> he's only beckoning you to do this after you have done what is demanded in verse number 8. So, can we go back to verse number 8, please? It says, bring an offering. And come into my courts. Then oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So we cannot worship him well without an, an offering or call it a gift. It is normal practice not to appear before kings and chiefs empty-handed. You bring a chicken, a goat, or some other gift for the chief, for the king. And our God is a king of kings. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that is called Worship offering. Never forget what we said yesterday. That the general rule when it comes to the giving of any kind of offerings is that offerings must be given according to the blessing of the Lord on one's life. We read Deuteronomy 16 and verse number 17 yesterday. The Bible says that every man should give as he is able. Yes. And the ability he's talking about is the level of God's blessing upon your life. He says you shall give according to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given you. There's a level. He says, according to the blessing. It means there's a level of blessing. So depending on the level where you are, there are certain 
amounts of offerings that you must not give to God. Yes. For example, I can't give God 1000. Offering. I come to church let's say on Sunday and I give God 1000. I mean me. That's too low the level of blessing God has given me. Yeah. Is it making sense? So every now, they, there is an amount my wife and I agreed we should be giving God on Sunday. On Sunday. There is an amount. Minimum. Minimum amount. Is it making sense? And it's not four zeros. The level has changed. It can't be an amount with four zeros. No. Because of the level of the blessing. Yes, you may still be on two zeros, but as, as you grow, continue adding the zeros. Adding the zeros. But continue adding the zeros. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two. Number two is the prophet's offering. This is an offering that you give in the direction of your man of God. Woman of God, it, it, it depends on who is pastoring. Is it in Chopereka, Chibene, Uma, Uma Pereka, Kwambusawan? Yes. It is to bless, not to assist, but to bless. To honor. Yes. Your man of God is an honor, it's on radium. It's not like, let me assist. The man of God, it looks like he didn't eat last night. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what You don't bless the man of God because he is suffering. No, you bless him to honor the grace and the anointing and the calling and the ministry that is upon his life. Yeah. You don't do it because he looks poor. And therefore, don't fail to do it because he looks rich. Because I don't know of any farmer who can sow 
on cement like this you always look for fertile ground you always look for fertile ground am i right here yes So in Galatians chapter 6 the Agratia chapter 6 and verse number 6 verse 6 going into 7 ukafika verse number 7 the bible says let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches Let's take that from the New Living Translation. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers sharing all good things with them. It's the same thing. Says those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers. Amplified. Amplified. What does amplified say? It says the one who is taught the word of God is to share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his spiritual and material support is it making sense hallelujah amen i said hallelujah amen that's the prophet's offering you share with your teacher in all good things amen amen Just like you are able to share your prayer points. Say pastor there is a trip to Beijing. But it looks like they want to remove my name. Stand with me papa. And then papa stands with you. And then it works. So Paul is saying when you receive your allowances remember the papa the teacher is it making sense uh-huh. wow these things are in the bible that's why we are teaching them and don't misunderstand us when we are teaching them you don't say that pastor is now campaigning for himself he wants us to be giving him money it's not me who wants you to be giving me money it is god in his word Amen. Amen. And even if you you don't want to do it. It will not make any difference. Because we did not survive on your money anyway. Is it making sense? So don't be suspicious of the teaching. 
Especially those of you who may be here for the first time. Or you are new. You are saying, hey, this pastor is not trying to fundraise. If you believe I am your prophet, I qualify for your offerings. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not that I need it per se. Because I told you that for me to arrive to today, I didn't survive on your offering. So I can't rely on it. But it is for your good. Spiritually and scripturally speaking. That you offer something to honor and bless and appreciate the efforts, the ministry, and the hard work of your pastor. We all got Philippians 4.19. And my God, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the Philippians. What did he say about them? In verse 14 of Philippians chapter 4. Going into 15. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. <laughs> they shared in the distress of the Apostle Paul. Verse 15. Verse number 15. He said, Now, you Philippians, you Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. They supported him. Adam Tandiza. Not once, not twice. Verse 16. Verse number 16. Verse 16. Verse number 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent me aid once and again for my necessities. You remember, we said continually. They did this, the teacher Bible says, Kangapo. It's better than none. 
But it can be better. I said it can be better. I said it can be better. I said it can be better. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anyways, let's move on to the next type of offering. It is called projects offering. That's right. Projects offering. Projects offering. Hey guy, chapter one, verse eight. Haggai chapter one, verse number eight. Hey guy, chapter one and verse number eight. Haggai chapter one, verse number eight. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple. Peter and Kumapiri, the book Mugatenga Mataba, or the Muzanimangir in Yubayanga. That's the projects offering. It's in Chopereka, Chachituguk. This is an offering that you give for the building of the work of God. And the church of God is full of projects. Building projects. Evangelism projects. Radio ministry projects. It could be ministry to widows, for example. It's a project. So the church of God is a house of projects. time you are giving in support of any of those projects, you are actually giving a projects offering. And as I said, each of these offerings will come with its own blessings. Is it making sense? For example, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, to Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 to 25, verse number 1, we've got 25. At the beginning of, of, of the chapter, the, there is a discussion between David and his pastor, Prophet Nathan. Basically, David is expressing concern. You see, we must always have concerns for the house of God. Concerns. Concerns. Concerns that should lead us to doing something about those areas. I remember some few years ago when we were down there at the tent, at the car park there, we used to have a tent. If I'm not mistaken, or was it when we were in this the tent that was sitting here, I can't remember. But somebody who is not a member of the church came to fellowship with us on Sunday morning. He did not like the sound. He did not like the sound that was coming through the equipment. That very same week, he ordered best beans. 
from South Africa. And he brought them that very same week. So I brought the best beans because I, last Sunday, he didn't tell us that, look, your sound is not okay. No. He said, I didn't like the sound last Sunday, so I brought you best beans. An example of someone who has a concern for the work of God. Don't be a critic of the church. Yeah, their sound is not okay. What have you done to correct it? If you have no means of correcting it, keep quiet. Please, dignify yourself. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say you have no right to criticize if you have no better options. Mm? Okay. So in verse number two, two of Second Samuel chapter seven, to Samuel chapter seven, the king said to Nathan. He said. See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. <laughs> he said, This is not normal. And right there, Nathan knew that the king had something in his heart to do for God. You see, we must always have something in our hearts to do for Jesus. Every time, every time, ask yourself, even ask Jesus, what else do you want me to do for you in the church? How, Jesus, how else can I be a blessing to you in your child? Yes. Jesus will be telling you, do this. Do this. Yes. Yes. Buy a guitar for the church. Yeah. Buy a keyboard for the church. Jesus will be telling you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when you do that, don't wait for people to have a special thanksgiving service. If it were not for you, this church would have collapsed. Do you want God to kill you? to prove to you that you are nothing in the first place. That if you are doing anything at all, it is only a privilege. I like people, you know, there are certain people like one man came to see me several years back. Yes. He said, Pastor, I like what uh, when I pass 
by Area 49 Road. I, I see you, you, you are doing good work there. Yes. I just want to encourage you. I'll be contributing towards what you are doing there. Yes. I forwarded you a message there just not a few days ago. You sent quite an amount. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know, quite an amount is drama. Yes. Quite an amount. Yeah. Yes. Which some of you, though you are bona fide members of the church, have never given. You know it. You know it. You know it. This, for what I remember, this man has never been here. He has never been here. Yes. Very good guy. He said at the beginning of his contributions. Yes. He said, I don't know the system there. I know in some places they want to announce, you know, Mr. Soso has given so much. Please, if you have a similar system, don't announce my contributions. These are people whose concern is to promote the work of God, not to be popular. Hallelujah. Amen. So in verse number three, Nathan is saying to David, David, King, go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. The long and short of this is that David made a proposition to build a temple for the Lord. He made a proposition. He made a proposition. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And the king gave him a go ahead. I mean, the Nathan gave him a go ahead. It's God who stopped him. He said, you are not going to do this because you have too much blood. You've killed a lot of people as a soldier. So you are not going to build the temple for me. But your son is going to do it. That is why Solomon had the privilege of doing it. Is it making sense here? But God said to David, for deciding that you can build me a house, your throne will not lack someone to sit on it. It will never happen. That your throne will lack someone to sit on it. That's the power of projects offering. Is it making sense? It gives you permanent breakthroughs. And it is from that lineage that Jesus came. Now, Jesus is the king of kings. 
Ntetu di bado mene mene Yesu adachokera mene ndi fumu ya mafumu. And he will be sitting on that throne forever. Because his forefather made a commitment to build the Lord a house. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't have time to look at many verses that we could have talked about. But let's move on to look at another offering. It is called welfare offering. Welfare offering. This is offering given to the less privileged. It is something that God has commanded we should do. And it includes it includes giving to widows, orphans, and the poor. Deuteronomy 15, Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, there are many more offerings to talk about, but I want us to move away from the subject of giving. Uh, we may come back to it later. Uh, could be tomorrow or the other day. But let's move on to seed number three. Seed number three. Seed number three. Possibility mindset. Possibility mindset. Your mind plays an important role in enhancing the value or the quality of your life. Is it making sense here? Yes. When God was to talk to Joshua about success and about him making his way prosperous and Joshua 1 verse number 8 one of the things that God advised Joshua to do was to mind his meditations. He said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it. Day and night. Says your thinking must be informed, influenced, and propelled by the contents of the book of the law. It says, pay attention to your thought patterns. Because what I want for you is prosperity and good success. But 
if you are not careful, your mind or your mindset will betray you. Is it making sense? The way you think matters in life. The way you think matters. In Proverbs 23 verse 7. Miambo 23 verse number 7. Proverbs 23 now. Let's begin from verse number 6 because sometimes we don't really get to understand this verse properly. Do not eat the bread of a miser nor desire his delicacies. So okay, let's understand who a miser is. Can we read it Probably from the King John's version. It says, Eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye. Again, he's introducing another strange expression there an evil eye. Someone who has an evil eye. All right. Um, let's, 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 let's read it from another version, say NIV. So NIV is giving us a more clearer understanding of what we are talking about. He says, don't eat with people who are stingy. Yeah. Don't eat with someone who is a stingy person. He says, don't eat his food. Can you read verse number 6 from the chair Bible? Verse number six. Is it making sense? Amen. Yes. Don't eat the food of a stingy person. Verse number seven now. Okay, so this is New Living Translation, isn't it? Okay. All right. So I thought it was NIV. It's New Living Translation. It's talking about a stingy person. Now, he says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The way he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's what it means when the Bible says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you. But his heart is not with you. Is he making sense? I don't know whether you're getting the meaning of what we are saying. Okay, so here is a stingy person who has prepared his nice lunch. And from nowhere he hears a knock on the door. Then he discovers that it is you who has come. Then his heart will be boiling with anger. Why have you come? If you wanted to come, is it that you should come this time? You want to eat my food. But he will not say that. 
But his heart is saying, look, you are, you know, in our language you would say, Mandela Kuira. Sauna Mise Namwene, Mandela Kuira. Is it what he says? He is only saying that in his heart. But, coma. He says to you, eat. Come, 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 come. Come, come. I'm, I'm eating pork. Yes, I'm eating Please, come, come, come. Come, come. Because I know you, you like pork. Come, come. Is it making sense? But the Bible says his heart is not with you. Actually, he is hoping that you are going to say, I'm full. So God is saying in this verse that he has invited you to the table to eat and drink. That doesn't make him a generous person. Because in his heart he is saying, Look, I'm not happy. So, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The fact that he's calling you to the table doesn't mean that he has now become generous. As far as his heart is concerned, he's still a stingy person. Is it making sense? So you can come to church. You can say amen when the pastor says you are breaking through financially. Amen. Somebody is getting money in three days. Amen. 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 You are delivered from financial indebtedness. Hallelujah. But God is saying, if your heart is doubting, your shout of Amen doesn't make you a believer. Is it making sense? What you really are is what you are thinking in your heart. You know some people they will be walking as if they are humble. But you see, but in his heart he is very proud. So his gymnastics doesn't make him humble. Is it making sense here? Yes. So what matters most is the condition and the state of your heart. If you are poor in your heart, if you have resigned in your heart, if you doubt in your heart, it doesn't matter what else is done to you, it cannot work. So, regardless of where you are today, in your heart and in your mind, you should be saying, 
I am out of this condition. I cannot be poor. You may be in poverty physically, but your mindset should be out of poverty. It is called possibility thinking. You may see me physically struggling, but in my mind I'm enjoying uncommon victories. And what is in your mind is what you truly are. And eventually the physical will align with what is in your mind. Is it making sense? So you need to embrace a prosperity mindset. A prosperity mindset. That is, see yourself breaking into financial wellness. See yourself breaking into financial wellness. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pay attention to your thoughts. And consciously build positive thoughts. You see, in Philippians 4.8, God has given us guidance on what sort of things to meditate on. It says we must only think on things that are true. And what is true is that you are the head and not the tail. Think only on those things that are noble. Things that are pure. Things that are praiseworthy. Praiseworthy. That is, if you told your friend what you are thinking, your friend should be saying, wow, 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 that's wonderful. But if you are thinking about how to kill yourself, and then you, can you say that to your friend? And then your friend will be saying, wow. Yes. Yes. If you told someone what you are thinking and they will be disappointed, then don't think it. Is it making sense? If you were to tell someone that this is what I was thinking and your friend will be scared, your friend will be calling pastor that pastor please as you are praying this week, remember this guy. Because what he is thinking is not normal. Paul says, don't think it. If there's anything like that, don't think it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So please work on your mindset. A poverty mindset will only make you poor. The lane 
own of hands alone is not enough in helping you change in life. It matters how you think and what you think. Please. That is why in Romans chapter 12 chapter 12 verse 2 verse number 2 NIV Romans chapter 12 chapter 12 and verse number 2 verse yakia 2 we want to read it from NIV NIV do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so after you are born again, your next lifelong major assignment is to have your mind transformed. Because everything depends on the mind. I'm telling you the truth. Everything depends on on the state of your mind. Your mind. So we talk about mindset. Yeah? Mindset. Mindset. So be careful how you set your mind. The meaning of that is that you can actually consciously set your mind program your mind in a certain way somebody shout hallelujah hallelujah please if you can give the lord a clap of celebration all right can we move to number 4 is it number 4 chapter number 4 number 4 chapter number 4 Diligent labor. Call it hard work. It's an important seed of greatness. An important seed of financial wellness. Diligent labor. Dedication. Hard work. Life will always be hard for non-hard workers. It takes diligence to be distinguished in life. Look at Jesus, my friend. Jesus was a workaholic. The things that will generate you money will require diligence for you to achieve them or to do them. Some of you are in business. Business is hard work. Business You can't be sleeping the whole time and you call yourself a businessman. I said you can't be sleeping the whole time. And you call yourself a business personality. You are a business failure. Is it making sense? It takes a lot of work to achieve big things in business, in career. 
those of you that are accountants if a minute team account you will agree with me that accounting is a lot of work that is if you are a proper accountant working in a proper office then that the accountant when when you create some cheat office anybody can call themselves anything anyway. Okay so think of a finance director. He's a person. And you don't employ a lazy fellow to become your finance director. He will sink the company. Yeah. Because sometimes you, you will be required actually not sometimes many times you will be in the office weekend. As an accountant. Yes, chief accountant. Finance director. When this is a chuma Yeah. You will be in the office. Ukala mo office Yes, weekend. Eh, kuma bedu watabata. Because you have to balance the figures. Chifuwa wenena zonse zende bwe. Yeah. And you, they will be telling you that on Monday we need a report. That's it. Kama fikela lolemba. And you are busy at home sleeping and yawning. They will fire you. Hallelujah. Amen. The poverty and the financial struggles of some people is a product of their lessness. It is impossible to be financially well without diligent labor. When you look at our covenant fathers who are very rich, I'm talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see that three things associated were associated with their work ethics. Three things were associated with their work ethic. Number one, they were hard workers. They were hard, hard workers. Number two, they were Tireless workers. Tireless worker. Number three. They were creative workers. They were creative in their work. They were creative. Is it making sense there? Hallelujah. Amen. John 5 and verse 17 talks about Jesus. John 5, 17. Johanne 5, verse, verse number 17. My father has been working until now and I have been working. So you see, Jesus believed in work. Yes, Jesus believed in hard work. Yes, You remember in John 4, 34. John 4, verse number 34. John 4, 34. John 4, verse number 34. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyways, we are rushing. Let's move to number five. number five. Words of your mouth. 
That's another important seed. Words of your mouth. Your mouth can destroy what your hands are building. Your mouth can destroy what your hands are trying to achieve. You need to be very careful with words. Because words create words. Words create words. Hebrews 11.3 by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So you need to be very careful. Now there is a scripture that I like reading because of its importance. It is found in Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Verses 12 to 13 if we may take it from the New Living Translation, please. Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Verse 12 to 13. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. So the Bible is telling us there that there is a direct correlation Yes, between how you use your tongue and the quality of your life. So, whatever happens in your life, good or bad, is determined by your mouth. There's enough in the word of God to prove what I'm saying. In Proverbs 18 verse 21. The Bible says. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So a tongue possesses power to kill and power to make alive. Is it making sense here? Now look at verse 20. Of the same chart. Yes. The Bible says. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. So whether your mouth will be full or empty. The Bible says it depends on your mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2. chapter 6 verse number 2. Proverbs 6 verse 2. chapter 6 verse number 2. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. 
wagwidwa wakodwa ndimao anka mamwanu so people are captured by what they say anto akodwa ndizimena mayakula by what they say ndizimena mayakula in genesis 1 genesis chapter 1 Verse 3 to 4. Verse number 3 you have got 4. The Bible says, Bible Then God said, Tipamulungu adati, let there be light and there was light. Kuwale ndipokudawala. What happened next? Jina chitika mchana. And God saw the light. Tipamulungu adaona kuwala. When God said, let there be light. Mulungu atanena kuti kuwale. What did God see? Mulungu adaona chana. He saw the light adaona kuwalako so we can conclude therefore that what you say is what you see be careful what you say because you will see it every time you say mayo ine uona mayo 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 ine mayo ine tawi ndose mgamata mai ya mai muona mai Is it making sense? When your brother is appreciating what God is happening to you. It's really working. And then you say, "Ah, we are trying. We are trying." You are trying. You are trying. You are trying. Because to try is to experiment. Check wherever the experiments they don't go far. Yes, experiment. We are trying. We are trying. Ah. Oh. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. One lady no one man was with his wife from nowhere he said let's assume you have received a message that i have died by car accident how are you going to react The lady jokingly said I will just collapse. That's exactly what happened. The man died on the road accident. And the message was given to the wife. The woman also collapsed dead. Be Careful with words. And there are some of you that must reverse certain things that you spoke. Words never die. That is why certain things that were spoken over certain people by someone who died long time ago those words are still working against them. Yeah. Think of the words that Jacob spoke over his sons in Genesis 49 when he was just about to die. 
The man died immediately after he spoke those words. But those words kept working. They kept working. They kept working. And some of them are still working. Until today. Is it making sense? Words never rot. And words never die. And if you don't reverse the negative things that were spoken by those who had or have authority over you, don't think those words have gone away. When people say, Antakadinaguti, hmm, you're entering into marriage. Okay. Oh. You might think it is a joke. Unfortunately, Christians, many Christians, irresponsibly take certain things lightly. They think it is just one of those things. The, the fact that you have said, I don't eat at your house, doesn't mean what they have said will not work. You have take stern spiritual measures to counsel what may have been spoken against you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, if you desire success and prosperity, what must you do? Speak it. You've had prayer sessions. I want to suggest to you that over and above your prayer sessions, you must have confession sessions or speaking or declaration sessions. Line up scriptures and begin to confess them consciously. consciously. Confessing and declaring words. Because the promises of God are positive in nature. Yes, yes. so Confess them over your life consciously. Let your subconscious hear you speaking to yourself the word of God. It will change you completely. And do the same over your children. Declare things over your children. Health, success, prosperity. Take the word of God. Declare, declare, declare how you want the lives of your children to turn out. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, whatever it is that you desire, as long as it is covered in the scriptures. Speak it out. Yes. Speak it out. 
regardless of what may be happening now. Speak it out. You know how God got light? It was in the midst of darkness. Genesis 1 verse 2. Genesis 1 verse number 2. The Bible says that darkness was over the surface of the deep. Yeah. But God did not confess darkness. He saw darkness in verse 2. But what is he saying in verse number 3? God said, let there be light. You are the only one who confesses what you don't want. God did not want darkness. That is why he never added it to his vocabulary. It is the writer of the book of Moses who is, I mean, the, the book of Genesis who is Moses who is telling us that there was darkness. But every time God is being quoted as having said something, you never hear God talking about darkness. Because that's not what he wanted. God only spoke what he wanted. In life, only speak what you want. Only speak what you want. And keep announcing it until it comes to pass. I like what the Bible says there. Let's go to verse number four. We of Genesis chapter 1 please Ten to be the, uh, verse number 4 Genesis 1 and God saw the light that it was good now here it is says and God divided the light from the darkness is it making sense let's go to verse number 3 Ten to be the verse number 3 and God said let there be light. And there was what? Light. And God actually saw the light. But it says, God divided the light from the darkness. So when you are speaking, sometimes it doesn't look like, ah, where is light? Because it's like light is mixed with what? Darkness. Don't you think there is no light? The moment you say it, light is there. Light is there. Light is there. Light is there. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't change your language. Because of what you are seeing with your physical eyes. Because when you said let there be light, there was what? Light. Yes. But you may just need to wait for the separation process. And it is your continued talking that will eventually bring the separation. Because some of you, you only spoke once. Ah. Ah, pastor. 
No, not pastor. Papa. Papa. <laughs> anyway, the Lord is good. Ah, no. Continue saying it. The Bible says, Psalm 35. Verse 27. Verse number 27. Verse number 27. It says, Let them say continually. Let them say continually. Until there is that real separation. Visible manifestation of light. Because when light begins to shine, darkness cannot comprehend. So don't give up until you see light shining in dimensions that darkness cannot comprehend. John 1 verse 5. John 1 verse 5. Johanne 1 verse number 5. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. I decree this out. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. In your finances, let there be light. In your house, let there be light. In your home, let there be light. In your careers, let there be light. In that name of Jesus. You believe that shout amen three times. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pick one more. Which is going to be number six. Number six. Honor. Honor is a seed. That generates abundance. Honor. 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 Honor is the practice of recognizing people for their contribution in life. Yeah. That's honor. Romans 13, 7. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 7. Now, let's read it from the King James Version, please. The Bible says, Romans 17, 7, Render therefore to all their Jews, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So, the Bible is advocating for the practice of honor. The practice of honor. That's how it should be interpreted. The practice of honor, giving honor. It says honor must be given. Honor must be given. 
honor must be given. It is an important seed of abundance and greatness. Who must we honor? Number one, God. How do we honor God? Number one, by obeying him. Number two, by living a holy life. And number three, by promoting his interests. Those are the major ways of honoring God. One Samuel 2, 30. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. Chapter 3 verse number 9. Let's run quickly. 10 to 1 Samuel 2:30. 1 Samuel 2 verse number 30. Proverbs 3:9. Miambo 3 verse number 9. Number 2. Number 2. Who must we honor? Parents. Makolo. Exodus 30 verse 12. Exodus 30 verse number 12. Exodus 30 verse 12. We Ex- must honor our parents. Tidemekese makolo watu. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We must honor our parents. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 1 to 4. Verse number 1 to 4. Yeah. Number 3. Number 3. Your spouse. Your husband or your wife. Your spouse. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse number 7. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse number 7. The Bible says that husbands must give honor to the wife. Amen. Husbands must give honor to the wife. Amuna How can a husband give honor to his wife? By not engaging in extramarital affairs. That's one big way of honoring the wife. I will not touch any other woman because I already have a woman in my house. That's honoring your wife. But also treating her with treating her well with dignity and respect. Not shouting at her. Not abusing her, not beating her. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Number four. four. Servants of God. We must honor servants of God. It's very important. We've looked at Matthew 10, 41. Matthew 10, 41. 1 Samuel chapter 9. And verse number six. One Samuel chapter nine, verse number six. One Samuel nine, verse six. One Samuel chapter nine. All those scriptures will talk about us honoring the servants of God. Don't carry a pastor in your car. 
Having bought groceries for him, then you drop him at his house, and you say, Pastor De Munyamulako Majumbo. No, you jump out of your car. Carry the jumbos to the house. Is it because you have carried him in your car? Huh? That you will be saying, never do that. Never do that. Amen. Amen. You must treat the servants of God with respect. Treat them with respect. By your attitude. By your comments, your language, what you say about them. Yes. Yes. Never look down upon a servant of God. And never make unnecessary comments about ministers, pastors, and servants of God. Don't comment unnecessarily on Facebook or other social media sites about pastors and servants of God. Don't write on your Facebook page. Some pastors they are not anointed. They better become ashes. You may not be Mentioning any specific past. But at least as you are writing, you have some names that are in the Psalm pastors. The ones you are calling some pastors, you have specific names. It's only that you've decided not to mention them in your post. When you do that, you are in trouble. And don't be at loggerheads with any pastor. Even where the pastor was proposing you he wanted to sleep with you as a lady. Don't go on Facebook and say some pastors are very stupid. They call they call themselves men of God. When they are useless. Huh? Don't do that. Because the Bible says, touch not my anointed. Don't play with those scriptures. Don't say, no, we are in the New Testament. You will die faster. It's not necessary, sir. Leave it. Leave it. 
Some people will be so angry with a certain pastor, very angry. For whatever wrong they committed, forgive them. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know that King Saul fell from grace. Yeah. He fell from grace. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord departed from him. And an evil spirit began to torment him. He had a problem with depression. Yeah. On several occasions. David had opportunity to kill Saul. David but he said, I will not touch the anointed of the Lord. But the, but the man saw was a backslider. But David said, I will, not, I will not touch the anointed of the Lord. I will not. But he said, I will not touch the anointed of the Lord. Yes. I will not touch the anointed of the Lord. But the man has fallen. It doesn't matter. Once anointed, always anointed. He is still the anointed. Because the oil that Samuel poured on him, Samuel never went back to pull it to say I'm wiping the oil. So it is still there. So stay away. Stay away. Miriam became a leper Miriam for one week. Miriam Why? Because of the wrong use of his mouth. She said with Aaron, Moses, Moses, you are taking, how are you looking at yourself? Uh, eh? Are you the only one God is using? That you got a, a woman who is not a Hebrew. Because Moses decided not to marry in the church. So they accused him. I mean, it was correct. You are supposed to marry a fellow Jew. But this you have done. It's wrong. Well, we are talking. I'm talking. Now, God said, okay, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come here before me. Moses was not there when they were talking nonsense. So when they came, God said, hey, can you repeat what you are saying? Who gave you the authority? So you, Miriam, will be leprous. Moses pleaded with God. Moses was a good man. He pleaded with God. Please. So God said, okay, at least let it be on her for a week. But that did not mean that Aaron had escaped. 
No. God was simply just respecting the anointing. Because he was the chief priest. Aaron was the chief priest. But God had already programmed that there is a mountain where this fellow is going to die. He will also not enter the land of promise. And when they reached to that mountain, was it Pisgah? Was it Pisgah or Nob? One of those. Yes. That is where Aaron died. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. And when Moses also decided not to honor God, God said, speak to the rock and the rock will bring water. And Moses decided to strike the rock, not once, but twice. Whichever way, water still came out. Be careful. That water is coming out doesn't mean God is happy. There are many places where water is coming out. But God is not happy. Be careful. The flowing of the water is no evidence that God is happy. After the water has flowed, please don't rejoice yet. Let God speak to confirm whether he's happy or not. You need to read 1, Samuel, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 1 to 11. You will see that they all went through the Red Sea. They all drank from the rock. That God was not pleased with many of them. Them. That you are driving a nice car doesn't mean God is happy with you, my friend. Do you honor God? Do you honor his servants? Do you honor your spouse? Do you honor your spouse? As a child, do you honor your parents? Because that's another category to honor. Parents. And then generally those in authority. Your boss must be honored. The president must be honored. Yeah. Be careful what you say about people in authority. In expressing your anger, be careful. Especially as a child of God. All right, rise on your feet, everyone. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 17. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse number 17. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse number 17. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse number 17. Honor all people. Have you seen that song? Honor all people. And then it says, Honor the king. Apart from honoring everybody, Honor the king. Honor 
the king. We don't have time to look at Romans chapter 13, isn't it? Verses 1 to 5. It says we must submit to those who are in authority. It says let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody clap for the king of kings. Now lift your hands and talk to the Lord to appreciate him. Talk to the Lord to appreciate him. Talk to the Lord and appreciate him. Appreciate him somebody. Appreciate him tonight. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Celebrate him. Celebrate him. Father, we give you thanks. Thank you, Father. We celebrate. Lord, we give you praise. We give you honor. Shakata regede, basuta regede. Yes, mighty Father, we give you glory, we give you praise. We celebrate you, Lord, the King of Kings. for the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. Proverbs 10 verse 22. Talks about the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. I want you to pray for that blessing. To begin to manifest in real and strange dimensions in your life. Father, of the blessing begin to turn my life around for distinction, excellence, splendor, and delightsomeness. Lift your voice. How many are praying? Lift your voice. You are releasing the power of the blessing. You are releasing the power of the blessing. The 
power of the blessing is coming upon you. Online on ground, lift your voice. You are praying for the power of the blessing. In the name of Jesus. The power of the blessing. The power of the blessing. The power of the blessing. Is coming on you and the works of your hands. In the name of Jesus. It is making you rich. It is making you successful. It is making you prosperous. In the name of Jesus. The power of the blessing. Is destroying every form of sorrow. Every form of sorrow. Business sorrow. Financial sorrow. The sun is as a tumor. Workplace sorrow. The sun is a conchita. In the name of Jesus. Shakata Ragada Babus. Thank you, Father. Now you're going to pray, Lord, arise in my life. Let all my financial enemies be scattered. Lift your voice. 